Macworld Podcast number 423 for September 3rd, 2014, brought to you by lynda.com, the easy and affordable way to help you learn. Instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, photography, graphic design, and more. And Automatic, the smart driving assistant on your smartphone. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen, and back from vacation, an awesome vacation, I understand, is, of course, my co-host... Serenity Caldwell, who is not sitting on her brand new couch, but wishes it will be in like 30 minutes. So it's all good. Oh, good. Yeah. If you're not following um, Ren on Twitter, you should. Uh, what's your. It's what's uh, your... Saturn. S-E-T-T-E-R-N. Right. So if you'd like to see a picture of her couch <laughs> uh, in front of what looks to be a dangerous fireplace. But uh, in fact, but she told me, yeah, in fact, not. Is bricked up. Yeah. If you want to stalk me on Twitter or Instagram, you can do that. <laughs> It's fun occasionally, I hear. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that's the theme for this week, at least the beginning of the podcast this week, is stalking. Stalking. Stalking famous people (laughs) and stalking female famous people. So I. Yeah. So what happened over the weekend, as you've undoubtedly heard, is that a number of female celebrities, maybe there were some males in there as well, but of course, nobody cared about that. They only care about the women. Of course. Uh, a list of, I think, probably 30 or 40 um, actresses and celebs who had images that they had taken um, or somebody had taken of them in what some people would consider an intimate state. Um, and these these images were then, uh, somebody stole the things and they posted them on a board somewhere and they, and they spread around. Um, the talk about this is that a lot of these came from iCloud so that somebody had hacked into iCloud and they had stolen these images. And so there are a number of things we can talk about on this front. The first thing I wanted to talk about is, is kind of the whole judgment issue and get that out of the way. Um, Ricky Gervais, a couple of days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, um, said, well, the answer is just don't take those pictures. And he was jumped on by everybody on the internet and said, look, you're blaming the victim. I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think they're also, this is um, a kind of judgment that I think is both technical and then generational. Mm-hmm. For example, I talked to my daughter. I would, if I brought this up in casual conversation, I would say the same thing. Honey, don't take those kinds of pictures um, on your phone because it's possible that they could get spread around. Just word to the wise. And if you're going to take precautions. Um, and then the technical judgment, I think, is a lot of people in the tech industry say, well, duh. Of course that stuff's going to get hacked, and of course it's going to come out. And I think both of those are fair and not fair. Um, we as technologists, of course, understand that anything can be hacked, and it can happen. But I don't think most normal people do. They think, well, okay, I've heard that this is private. It's going to go up into the cloud, and that's my cloud to control. And so this stuff will never get out. <clears throat> and then as far as generational stuff, I'm not... In my 20s, I'm not an actress, I'm not a famous person, and so maybe it's a thing. And so if that they do, and other people do, that I wouldn't do, and fine. If that's what they want to do, and they think this is perfectly safe, good on you. You know, it's not my job to judge whether this is, you know, a terrible thing to do. But I do think that we could provide some advice on how not to have that stuff come out onto the web. But what's your take? No, I absolutely agree with you, Chris. The... Um The thing that frustrates me about this, and you won't talk about generational, you know, 50 years ago, um, no one would even think about stealing someone's mail out of a mailbox, right? 
There are plenty of I've and having to go through houses um, and pack up my parents and my grandparents' house this past year. I found plenty of racy, racy love letters um, from like bags of stuff and you know those kind of things. You probably, uh, you know, you, you don't expect that people are going to steal racy love letters from your mailbox, but right. from your email, from your messages, from your personal photo cloud, uh, from your personal photo cloud, all of those things um, to hackers are seen as fair game. It's like, sure, I can hack into, I can hack into somebody's photo stream. That's not at all like going into their home and stealing their private possessions. Um, so I guess. My my frustration with it is that people look at it as a very again as a like oh this this is just going to happen so you should take precautions not this is a horrible thing this is a like this is a crime that people are committing um, and whether they're celebrities or the person you know your friend next door it's still a crime um, and uh, you know some people see it like that some people don't uh, the courts in particular it's been very frustrating for like various like internet stalking and and uh can we say slut shaming on the podcast i'm just gonna sure. say it. yeah slut shaming um which there there are websites around the internet dedicated to like finding finding girls and and hacking photos of them and, and putting them up online and like putting their addresses online and things like really horrible things for uh for young women whether or not they're celebrities and it's just that that whole culture, that whole idea of yeah, we can we can shame somebody because we don't agree with them or because we think it might be funny, just really disgusts me. And um, like me personally, it makes me incredibly wary of like even writing things, right? Even text. Mm-hmm. Uh, but photos, photos to our generation, to like the tail end of my generation and the the next generation, photos are like sending text. Photos are like sending. Um, a text message or an email or a written letter. Um, they're, the, they're the easiest way, you know, to say to somebody, oh, I'm feeling this way. Um, and just like we used, you know, flowery language um, when you're writing to, you know, your sweetheart when they're they're far away, you know, people are going to take photos. Um, and even if, even if people are like, oh, you shouldn't ever take those photos because you never know what might happen to them. Even if that was an acceptable thing that, you know, photos are going to get stolen, we, we're going to accept that in our culture. It's still um, it's hard to, t- to say to someone, hey, you know, this wonderful piece of technology that we have that enables us to make it feel like our our closest friends and our, our loved ones are, are nearby. Uh, you, you can't use that piece of technology. Uh, you just have to shut it out. And even if you're you're taught from like age one that this is a bad thing with a capital B. Um, people are still going to use it because again, the, like we by nature are a trusting people and we want to be able to say, yes, I, I will send you like a nice, a, a nice picture, Mr. Loved one. Um, I care very much for you and you would never betray me. We, we want to feel that uh, to, yeah. about our friends and family. And unfortunately we can't feel that about, you know, the internet. Yeah, and I do think there's a double standard here. I think if you stumble across an image of a guy that's taken a uh, unclothed selfie, uh, my reaction is, "Wow, what a jerk!" Um, <laughs> and then I think the reaction is, if a woman does that, you, you, re- the reaction is, "Wow, she's so stupid to do this." You know, it's never it kind yeah. of never goes the other way. Like, "Wow, that guy was really dumb to do that." Instead, we just think, "God, what a jerk." Yeah. Um, so you know, let's let's face it; it's just not fair. But Let's say, okay, that we do live in this age where where people do hack into stuff. It's bad. We don't like it. But 
I think much like if you move into a new neighborhood where there's more crime, you change your behavior mm-hmm. to an extent where like, okay, I've got a nice car and I, when I lived in the country, I could leave it unlocked and that wasn't a problem. Now I live somewhere else and I do need to keep it locked. So, you know, depend, given the world we live in, that there are things that you can do so that if you wish to do, take uh, intimate pictures, um, you can do it without endangering yourself to a certain extent. One of those things is, and the big thing for everybody in all this hacking stuff is passwords, that apparently the way these people got in is that they threw a ton of passwords, the 500 most commonly used passwords at these accounts, and one of them worked and it went clicked and it unlocked the thing and they said, oh, great, now I can get in. And, uh, and that's apparently what happened. So it's up to everybody to come up with better passwords. Mm-hmm. You can use a tool like 1Password to help generate them. But Apple also has built-in password generating technology that you can use too. So do the normal things. Don't use a common name. Don't use an easily guessed sequence of numbers, but mix characters. And uh, so letters, numbers, and punctuation but in a smart way, you know, not like where you're using password, except you use an ampersand and, <laughs> or the at symbol and then a zero for password. That was one of the ones they guessed. And password one is no better. Um, unfortunately, it means that you're ha- going to have to create passwords that people cannot easily guess. That means everybody, not just people who are in technology, because they're after the everybody's. Absolutely. Um, two-factor auth- uh, authentication is something that Apple is talking about. When they said uh, today, they announced, no, no, nobody, you know, accessed our stuff in a bad way. They didn't hack into it, um, they, but they did use common techniques to get in. Brute force, um, yeah. Yeah, brute force was as big as, say, flinging a bunch of passwords at something. Although Apple should have had some way to throttle that, right? So if the system sees 100 passwords come in within three minutes, there should be a net mechanism in place. Mm-hmm. It says, no, stop. Um and we don't have the details on how all this happened, but it seems like that's what happened, and that probably should be fixed immediately. Um, as for two-factor auth- authentication, that wouldn't have helped in this case, because what it does is it covers things like if somebody's trying to change your password or um, purchase something through your Apple ID. It's not doesn't cover things like somebody's guessed your password, and then they have access to your images. There's no not going to be an alert there, so that's not going to help. Um, so although two factor is fine for some things, it might be nice if Apple expanded that a little bit, particularly given, uh, how much play this is getting, but that may not be the, uh, the thing to do. The other thing you can do is, is you can go brute force on your own and just turn off iCloud photo sharing, which is too bad because it's a really terrific feature to be able to take something on your iPhone and have it up in the cloud and then it available to all your devices. But, um, if you're really, really, really concerned you can turn it off and then go into your copy of iPhoto or photos on each one of your devices, delete those images, they're gone. And the other thing to look out for is backups, because mm-hmm. if you back up into iCloud, that your images are backed up as well. So you may forget to do that. If somebody can get into your account, they can also get access to your backup and your images are there. So make sure you take care of that kind of stuff as well. Anything I'm missing here? I think those are probably the the big uh, the big bits that you want to do. My only other suggestion is considering using um, a third party app that does. Oh. If you want to share those kind of photos with people, um, and I haven't tested a lot of these apps firsthand, so I can't really say with you know 
confidence that, yes, these are what you should use. But, I mean, that's kind of the point. Like, that was one of Snapchat's big main selling features. Uh, maybe not overtly, but under the table, it was very much like, all right, you you know, if you want to be flirty with your friends um, or if you want to send pictures that you don't necessarily want sticking around, use the app where the pictures disappear after 10 seconds, where you can express your, you know, you can express that emotion or show somebody something, you know, risque or, or sexy or, or intimate uh, without worrying that that picture is going to stick around until the end of time. Now, Snapchat may be the next target of an, of an attack. Snapchat has been target of an, targets of attacks before, but it's, you know, it's one more thing that you can do, especially if you're, if you're concerned, like you're not thinking about the fact that, oh, these pictures stick around and I've forgotten I had them. Um, using a service like Snapchat will prevent it from, you know, ever sticking around in your camera roll. Right. And I think the overall message here is understand that as safe as everybody's trying to make cloud storage, and that's certainly the way everything is going these days, that there are very, very smart people out there who are really interested in getting into your stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you need to take whatever precaution you can to be reasonably safe. And that's it. I think that's, that's the lesson learned here. Yeah, I very much agree. Okay, cool. Um, before we go on to the next thing, let's hear about lynda.com. lynda.com is an easy and affordable way to help you learn. Instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, photography, graphic design, and more. Now, I'm a lynda.com author as well as an account holder, and so I've seen the company from inside and out. The quality of their content is really outstanding. lynda.com works directly with industry experts and software companies to provide timely training, often the same day new versions or releases hit the market. So you're always up to speed. All courses are produced at the highest quality, not like your homemade videos on YouTube. Courses are broken up into bite-sized pieces so you can learn at your own pace and learn from start to finish or just find a quick answer. And you needn't sit in front of your computer to take advantage of lynda.com's courses. You can learn while you're on the go with lynda.com apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. And you can do it all for one low monthly price of $25, which gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials. Premium members with an annual plan can download courses to their iPhone, iPads, or Androids and watch them offline. These same members can also download project files and practice along with the instructor. Our listeners will benefit specifically from iOS app development essential training, iPhoto 11 essential training, up and running with Apple Remote Desktop, and my own iPad for Business and iPad Tips and Tricks courses. Because I'm a musician and a wannabe photographer, I spent a fair amount of time with Linda's Logic, GarageBand, and Audition courses, as well as Ben Long's photography lessons, which are really good. If you need training for business or your personal life, Linda.com is the place to go. I worked out a deal with a company to provide you with a special offer to access all courses free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash macworld to try lynda.com free for seven days. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash macworld. And the other bit of news this week is actually about next week, and that's the big mm -hmm. Apple event that's happening on September 9th. We can stop saying alleged Potentially event. happening on September 9th, reputedly. <laughs> right. It's really happening because Apple sent out invites. And uh, wow, there is so much stuff that could happen. I, okay, there's the cl classification of stuff that will likely happen. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that's likely to happen in the next three to four months 
uh, because Apple's got a bunch of products stuffed into the pipeline. And so let's talk a little bit about what they're likely to talk about next week and then kind of go on into um, what else is coming down the line probably, you know, by January or something. Yeah. Well, All right, so the first thing is uh, iPhone 6, yes? Yeah. Um, we don't know for sure that it's called the iPhone 6, but it's a likely guess, um, unless Apple finally does what I've been clamoring for them to do forever and take away the numbers and just start calling it iPhone. Uh, but it's uh, for some reason, I, I think that's rather unlikely that they're going to do that. Um, this So the next iPhone, we, we know that it might come in several sizes. Um, we know that there's been rumors of payment uh payment features that go beyond passbook. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard many rumors about uh, about its camera features, but I, I have to assume that there's going to be an improved camera packed in that in the device. The iPhone 5S's camera is excellent, but uh, there are always improvements to be made, especially when you consider that there are um, time-lapse and other cool photo features hidden away in iOS 8, mm-hmm. including the manual camera controls that... Uh, that we might see uh, the iPhone six take advantage of. There's a potentially a lot of a lot of cool little little features in the in the next generation of iPhone. And of course, Touch ID from the iPhone six will prob or the iPhone five S will probably be making its way into the iPhone six. Yeah, I think the purchasing option is really interesting. I've been writing about this since two thousand and eight. I think so. I keep <laughs> waiting for it to happen. Because the idea of the iPhone is money just makes so much sense. And most of the parts are in place already. The fact that we've got iBeacons and we've got the ability to communicate. We already have an Apple ID on there that you tap and it can purchase something. So they're talking about um, near-field communication so, uh, hardware being built into this generation of phones so that you will be able to walk into places. It will know who you are. You'll be able to make purchases and you can walk out, which will put a lot of people in retail out of business. Sorry. <laughs> um, but for us as consumers, it could be really great. The fact that now this becomes your credit card. It could also be very profitable for Apple if indeed they get a percentage of a transaction. Um, I think the idea was it would still be tied to a credit card, so I don't know if Apple's going to get a piece of that or not. But if they negotiate, as has been rumored, with an outfit such as American Express and said, yeah, you know, we'd really like to do this with you, and all we want is a half a percent per transaction. Yeah. Well, if you notice, I mean, credit cards currently, credit card um, uh, companies, they get percentage points every time you – Every time you swipe your card, um, either the business gives sends a percentage of the sale over to the credit card, um, and uh, you know PayPal does the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, Square does the same thing. So it's not unlikely that we we'd see some kind of cut. The people who are like, "Oh, Apple's going to take thirty percent," are ridiculous no. because no, no, no. that's not that's not how business works uh, outside of the App Store. But uh, I do think that Apple could probably get away with a couple percent. Um, on purchases. Yeah, I think up to the point that Apple establishes itself as a bank, mm-hmm. um, they're still going to have to negotiate with credit card companies. And I don't see the credit card companies saying, uh, sure, we'll give you half of what we make. <laughs> Unlikely. But even if it's, a, you know, again, half of a percent or a percent or two percent, that adds up to a ton of money when you're looking at people who completely change their habits and think, why would I use a card for this mm-hmm. when I can just walk up and just wave my phone in the air or not even wave it, just be there. Uh, and that the, the, uh, the POS device just says, Oh, okay. I understand. I see your 
phone in your pocket. It's going to accept this charge, bang, done, walk out the door. So this could significantly change the way retail is done. Um, I think it's been coming a long time. It hasn't caught on in other ways. In Japan, they're doing more of this stuff, but not here. Mm -hmm. I think this could be a huge breakthrough for Apple and for the way we shop. So that part I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Me too. Uh, I've heard so little about the, you know, what Apple might intend. And of course, we've seen things like Google Wallet sort of half-heartedly come into play. Uh, but Apple has a huge thing. I mean, it has a huge uh, sort of leg up under its belt, which is the, the back end of the iTunes store and having all these people's credit card information. Yeah. And if they were able to make deals with the major credit card uh, companies and have people be able to be like, guess what? You can pay for all those things and you don't even need to, you know, you don't even need to enter in credit card anywhere else because it's tied to your Apple ID. Yeah. You know, that'd be amazing. It would. And it would possibly compel people to buy more iPhones. And mm -hmm. Apple certainly wouldn't complain about that. No. <laughs> uh, other rumor, wearable. A thing. Ah, yes. Is it Some a thing? It, yes. Some kind of thing. You know, the more, the more I talk to people about wearable you know people start with oh it's you know a fancy pedometer it's a health related thing and while i think there might be health related capabilities i'm more interested in it as like imagine if the payment processing was linked to this little band mm -hmm. imagine if you know home like the ios 8 home kit stuff were linked was linked to that little band so that you could like wave your hand or do some kind of gesture with your hand and instead of like triggering Siri you could actually trigger lights or something like that. I don't know. There's there's a lot of of potential really really cool things that this uh that this wearable could do and we've heard, you know, lots of little rumors and nothing definitive. So, and I actually kind of like that. You know, I, I like the idea of being surprised by uh by a piece of Apple technology. Last time that really happened was you know, actually seeing the iPhone and, and the iPad. And so it'd be, it'd be really, really cool if, uh, if the band is not just a, like, I take your pulse and count your steps, but actually ties into to some of the bigger picture items that Apple's kind of going for. Yeah. I think there would be so much disappointment from people if it were just, <laughs> you know, like a better Fitbit. You know, really? That's, all you could do. Mm -hmm. uh, the other bunch of rumors going along with that is that it won't be released until 2015. Um, I was on a another podcast a few weeks ago, and I talked about the possibility that they would announce this thing and then not actually release until 2015. And the idea there being, we haven't seen any kind of prototype. We've seen no parts. And we know that China leaks like a sieve when it comes to this stuff, because there are people that get paid very little money in their normal job would mm -hmm. be more than happy to take a picture of a device like this and make a significant amount of money from it. Um, so I think that may be one reason we haven't seen it, that they could indeed announce this thing as a September thing, that it comes out in early 2015. It's, you know, as much as I think Apple and everybody else worries about a company like Samsung saying, oh, we're going to do that too. I would think there would be so much technology in this device that Samsung just couldn't clone one and say oh yeah we're gonna do oh actually we don't have any of the infrastructure in order to do that our software will not do these things i think apple is probably safe i don't know if there's a regulatory thing as well that it will do something that the fcc needs to um approve of which is why the iphone was announced early and then there was a, a long mm -hmm. delay i mean it's entirely possible especially if it has some kind of radio antenna in it um 
to communicate with with your phone um, or right. if you can place calls on it itself. The other thing is, you know, as you said, Samsung is probably going to copy it no matter what um, or copy, you know, the, the various idea. They already have things like the Galaxy Gear coming out. Um, but if Apple sort of gets its foot in the door, is like, this is what we're planning. And here's an example. And here's a prototype. Uh, they're getting ahead of the leak, right? Because they know, they know it's going to leak out of China, yeah. right? They know there's no way they can really control that. Um, short of, you know, sending in a special police force and even then. Uh, so instead of letting the, you know, getting in front of the news, instead of letting it leak out through Chinese component factories, announcing it early and getting everybody anticipated for it so that when the parts, you know, do finally show up, they're like, oh, yeah, it's for the thing. I'm so excited yeah. for the thing. The thing yeah, is right. going to be the thing. It's going to be so great. I'm just going to say thing a bunch of times because we don't know what it's called. But the wearable the wearable thing. Yeah. The wearable thing. All hail the wearable thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I have to ask just because listeners may want to know, is your is your abode haunted? Because I think <laughs> I heard thunder there in the background. Yes. And, in fact, it is it is haunted by a large thunderstorm passing through New England right now. So I'm, I'm sorry, listeners, you get to uh, enjoy a little bit of fine New England weather uh, okay, on your podcast. Cool. Oh, I kind of like it. It's kind of atmospheric. <laughs> and I think it came at an important time. Yes. Um. All right, so then there are going to be the things we know about. So iOS 8, they're going to do the song and dance about that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? They're going to announce the release date for it? Yes, almost certainly. Um, we've seen that in the past couple of Apple events, and most likely it will be a week from the Apple event. Uh, sometimes it's been a bit later, but usually it's around seven or eight days um, later uh, to t and timed with the release of the, uh, the next version of the iPhone. We may get hints of other products, but without not necessarily official releasings. Um, I know, you know, there 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 may well be other iOS related hardware coming this year. I think that's not un unlikely to predict. Um, and of course, we still have Yosemite, which I don't think will appear in this uh, this keynote. Uh, but, yeah, I was wondering about that. If you thought this was going to be ready or whether this was really going to be about iOS and the phone and just kind of leave that there and then do another event or maybe even not an event for Yosemite, but just wait another month and then say, yeah, here it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, from what we've seen, of course, with the public betas and the, the developer betas, I, you know, Yosemite is not yet ready for prime time. Um, nor apparently is my uh, is my weather system, because that was a very <laughs> long rolling piece of thunder um yosemite is getting there and it has a lot of cool stuff to it but um but i don't think they're gonna release it alongside ios 8 i just you know there's there are only so many things a company can build at one point in time and they also don't want to distract from anything you know their new and shiny tools so they want to balance it all out yeah okay let's uh let's finish up I still have a long list of stuff that may happen. So, but before we get to it, let's hear about Automatic, which is the smart driving assistant on your smartphone. Automatic is a small dongle that you plug into your car's data port. And this is a port that's located near the steering wheel. Once plugged in, it sends data from your car to your iPhone or your Android phone. Specifically, it gives you feedback on things you do that can waste gas. Speeding and rapid acceleration, for example. It can also let you know when you're braking too hard, which can increase wear and tear on your brake pads. You can see all this data in weekly reports, which may compel you to drive a little more efficiently. But that's not all. 
If a check engine light comes on, Automatic can tell you what's actually going on. With it installed, you can easily find the position of a parked car, and if you get into a serious crash, Automatic can call for help as well as alert your loved ones to let them know that help is on the way. Normally, Automatic costs $100, but you can have it for just $80 when you visit Automatic.com Macworld. It ships in two business days and comes with a 45-day return policy. Free shipping, too. Check it out and drive smarter. Okay, and then there's the building. The building. The building. The mysterious the building. building. <laughs> the, the white cube. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so excited. You know, this is my first Apple event aside from WWDC that I've actually gotten an invite to, which I'm pretty excited about. Thanks, Apple PR. Um, and the building, the building has me very intrigued. Uh, I got to assume it's some kind of hands-on area, um, yeah. given the, the size of the theater and, and how many people are actually being invited and you know, Apple loves to do its hands-on demo displays, and especially if we're talking about previewing either a wearable or previewing stuff to do with home kit mm -hmm. um, or health kit. That's, that means accessories and that means tables to play with said accessories. It's not just like a couple iPhones rotating in a glass cube, a la the original iPhone. Uh, these are things that will probably need to be played with a little bit and seen for people to really be impressed by. You know, uh, there are certain things like the iPad was a great example of when people saw it on stage, like, yeah, that's cool. And then once you hold an iPad in your hand and once you sort of get used to it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> so I, I've got to assume it's hands on area. But who knows? Maybe Apple's building a car. Maybe they've bought Tesla. Who knows? Rumors. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a big parking garage. Full yeah, exactly. Of you get a Tesla and you and get a Tesla. <laughs> won't that be nice? You have to share it, though. Yes. Because that's a company, Tesla, not <laughs> just yours. <laughs> you can't drive it home. Oh, I can't drive back to Massachusetts. Rats. Rats. Um, you know what I? What it reminds me of is um, years ago, Apple released the iPod Hi-Fi. And for the demo of this thing, this was like a speaker box. That, and Steve Jobs spent a lot of time talking about this. Like, this is the best speaker in the whole. You know, it was kind of the reality distortion field there because it wasn't mm -hmm. that great. <laughs> um, but what they did... <clears throat> for the demo areas, they created separate rooms, and Dan Frakes and I attended that, and you would walk around, so like, here's the teenager's room, and you'd go in there, like a bed, and it's messy, and and they've got the, the iPod Hi-Fi in there, and then there's the living room room, and they've got it in there, and then there's the, I don't know, three or four different rooms in there. And so when I heard about the building, I thought, okay, this is the HomeKit demonstration area, so that inside they build different environments, and they show you how this HomeKit technology is going to be able to control your home in a real home that they happen to build just for this purpose. So I have to think, and of course, you know, next week I'll be back on the podcast saying, oh, I was so totally wrong about this. But <laughs> uh, for now, in my imagination, I could say that I think it. this is the event where they tie together a lot of the promise of iOS 8 and Yosemite to an extent where they tie it in with a wearable and they tie it in with the iPhone 6 and they talk about HomeKit and they say, okay, this all sounds great in theory, but let's see how it works in practice. So you go here, you're wearing your wearable and you walk up to the door and it unlocks and you walk through the door and your lights come on because you've got this device in your pocket or on your wrist. Mm -hmm. um, you can switch this on. You can control that other thing over there. They all talk through... 
uh, okay, and I'm going on a limb here, but I say the new Apple TV, which I've posited in the past, was the HomeKit hub, yeah. so that all the negotiation happens through that, which would require that they actually have to talk about a new Apple TV at, at this point. Which may or may not happen, but yeah. if we're talking about something that's being released in January, and there have been rumors about an Apple mm-hmm. An Apple TV um, being pushed back to January. You know, they were talking originally about, oh, well, there might be a new Apple TV this year. And now the rumors have all been, you know, early next year. Well, that, that kind of matches up with this hypothetical wearable. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, without trying to go into full fanboy mode, where you say maybe this is the event where Apple demonstrates how all this stuff put together changes your life. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. We wish we had uh, more to say. We wish we had more to say, but, you know, and so because Apple's been, and Tim Cook in particular, have been facing this, well, Apple's not innovating anymore. And they've certainly provided us lots of parts uh, through iOS 8, through the iPhone, through this device, through that device. And it's like, yeah, this all can make your life a little easier. But if they suddenly say, okay, well, this is how it works. Retail has changed now. Your home has changed now. Uh, your interaction between all your devices has changed now. And this is what it's like to live this life versus change this little behavior here and that little behavior there. But rather, mm-hmm. it's just like, this is our vision of the future and we're going to live it today and go forward from here. That would be sort of the, all right, you can all shut up about Apple no longer innovating anymore because look, they've given us a complete package instead of just the little bits and pieces that we've seen everywhere else. Mm. Mm. Mm, yeah, sorry. I don't know. I, it's more that I absolutely agree with what you have to say. and, and like, You should stop that because people hate it. when we I know. So actually, Chris, I think you're completely wrong. And I think Good, the wearable is we... only going to be for shaking your fist at uh, internet commentators. Good. No, because that's good. Because no, next week you can come back and you can spike the ball and say, yeah, <laughs> I knew you were wrong. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put you down as everything you said was wrong. Yeah. Um... All right, so beyond these broad <laughs> pronouncements, um, what? okay, other stuff that could be coming down the line. Not, I don't think this month, but, you, you know, probably the next couple. They always do a music event, probably time to do that again, or mm-hmm. something that's attached to music. And maybe that's the iPad announcement, so if they do that. Might be the iPad. We, we need to see something about Beats at some point, uh, yeah. given that the acquisition has gone through. Right, um, other than an awkward conversation yeah. on hey it's dr dre on stage everybody <sighs> um yeah so that's an option um new ipads of course uh yosemite new Macs potentially down the line they do like to do refreshes and revamps in advance of the holidays yeah i'm wondering about new imac and that's what they tie in with yosemite because mm. yosemite does a lot of cool graphics tricks it's true and it would be really nice to see all that stuff on a retina display on a retina <laughs> display imac for example oh chris now you're reaching reaching uh, for well, the stars no, the nice thing about a retina display is basically a retina display is anything that apple calls a retina display <laughs> so it's not 4k it's basically true. apple just says hey this is retina because because we it say so this, we say so if it's this very broad definition that you can't tell the difference you know depending on what where you're sitting uh, maybe Broadwell chipset because those are out and mm-hmm. people are looking to see that incorporated into something. Uh, I don't know about the Mac mini. I would love to see that little thing updated. Poor little guy. Oh, I, I don't know. It's such an awesome little computer. Mm-hmm. The MacBook Air. I would love to have a Retina MacBook Air at my disposal. It's 
been on my yeah. wish list for years at this point. And well, Renee Ritchie and have gone back and forth on that. And I talked about that maybe last year. And he said, now, you know, the battery technology is just not there. But this year he's on iMore. He said, yeah, I think it is. If, if they do the, the software stuff the right way, that you could actually have an air that doesn't weigh a ton, um, mm-hmm. that could do retina. So, you know, there's our fingers crossed on that one. Um, oh, and a new display. Which Yes. <laughs> gosh, that makes sense. It would be so great. You want to talk about retina display. It would be nice for Apple to release something that's like, again, maybe not 4K, but something that you can hook your laptop up to and enjoy working at. Or your new Mac Pro. I mean, given all yeah. the graphics power oh, in that thing. It, I think a lot of people, when it came out, said, and the display for this go where? No. Oh, not one? Hmm. So, yes, even the, maybe Mac Pros have not been selling like hotcakes. I have no idea. But um, it sure would be nice to have a display that matched the thing. So if you're going to already spend a lot of money on a Mac Pro, that you could also additionally spend a lot of money on a display that's really going to show off the capabilities of that device. So I have to think a display is coming I hope before 2015, but it's certainly within within 2015. If not, it just that just seems like an obvious hole to me. Yeah, I agree. And who knows? Maybe we'll even see different sizes of displays. Wow! Back to the old days where <laughs> you didn't have to drop twelve hundred dollars on a display because that was the only one available, or whatever they're going for now. But yeah, I remember those days when you could like buy a twenty or a twenty-three, mm-hmm. and get the thirty-inch display. And now, not that case. Anything else? They, any other expected stuff? And let's see, iPhone, wearable, iOS 8, Yosemite iPad, Apple TV, iMac, Mac Mini, new display, all the HomeKit stuff, iPhone has money. Oh, iPod. iPod. Will this be the death, finally, of our iPod Classic? Hmm. You know what? I bet they could, well, <laughs> going out on a limb here. If you say they're going to keep it, it's not going out on a limb. No, not necessarily that they're going to keep it, but um, but it would be interesting to see uh, to see something along those lines get tied to the Beats service, um, in such like a Beats not maybe not even necessarily a Beats branded music player, um, but can you imagine like having the iPod Classic? You know, has been has stuck around a long time for for folks to just kind of dump a bunch of music on their on their storage that they own. Uh, but with the move towards subscription music, it would be cool to to maybe have something uh, that had you know Wi Fi enabled that uh, or that had a small data plan like the iPod t- or like um, the iPad currently has, where and maybe you get the carriers to agree to this that. It's not poaching the phone software because we're only going to let it download music mm-hmm. or something like that, where you pay maybe five bucks a month or you pay the, the Beats music subscription fee and you can listen to your Beats anytime on the go, but it's the size of an iPod shuffle or something, you know, or it or it's not the size of the iPod classic, but somewhere in between. And, and yeah, that's an interesting idea. I like that. Right? The idea that, yeah, you buy this iPod and maybe they give you three months for free. Yeah. Enough time to get hooked on it. Where you go, wow, this is really great. Because, you know, again, I love subscription. Mm-hmm. So you, you do it long enough and go, wow, this is great. Oh, you want to continue this? Well, you can um, just give us, or maybe they tie it to the iTunes Match service. Oh, yeah. There you so go. Say, 25 you know, bucks a year or something. Wow, 25 bucks a year for everything? Yeah, it would be amazing. That would be amazing. 
I like that. Okay, good. Well, so that's my that's my on a limb prediction is that we see a Beats Music Tide or iTunes Radio Tide version of the iPod. I like that idea a lot. So I could see the next iPod Touch doing that, saying, "Oh, and by the way, here that could that could be something cool." Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else? You, I, I think we pretty much are covered September 9th, unless they totally pull a rabbit out of the hat. But I don't think so. I think they're going to have plenty to talk about. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for uh, for next uh, next Tuesday. I am looking forward to it. I'll be flying out to San Francisco, so I'm looking forward to that too. Um, and yeah, I, I I like not knowing everything that they're going to release. Uh, yeah, because it. it Puts the childlike glee of Christmas morning into my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. And I will be sitting here in my lonely office, hopefully watching it on my Apple TV, uh, because I hope they stream it. I hope they stream it. Yeah. As we've talked about, or I mean, up to the point where we're recording this, they have not announced whether they're going to stream it or not. I think they've got that streaming down now so that they they could. I don't don't see why why they they wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, good. I'm really excited about this. I think this is going to be a big event for them. Me too. Um, in a very significant way that's going to mean a lot on into the future for Apple. So, um, what, what say we get back together, um, I don't know, next week? <laughs> talk about this? Yeah, after everything is said and done and we have hopefully new toys uh, soon to await us. Yeah, good. Okay, well, in, uh, then until then... Have a lovely week. Uh, uh, Don't touch metal objects when you're outside because of the (laughs) thunder and lightning. And, uh, And we'll talk then. Sounds good. Goodbye. Goodbye. And that wraps up another episode of the Macworld Podcast. Brought to you by lynda.com. The easy and affordable way to help you learn. Instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, photography, graphic design, and more. And Automatic, the smart driving assistant on your smartphone. If you have a comment or question, drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. Thanks very much for listening.